Welcome to COTM Radio, episode three, hosted by your fantastic duo, Quesadilla Monday. We got a massive show for you tonight, including an interview with small town DJs. That's right, the mayors of Calgary are in the building, and they got more dark secrets to share with you than you can shake a stick at. Also, we're going to be debuting a brand new release on COTM Records by our favorite up-and-coming trio, Map. If you want to catch us this month, we have a very exciting garden party with Base Coast's own Max Eulis, followed by a trip to Ecuador for New Year's Eve in AOMPE. We're going to start the show off with a brand new track we put out on Dirty Bird called All I Got. All I got is one question, baby, are we sexing? Got no time for the phone, no time for no
people posting pictures on Facebook and Instagram like this. Don't be posting on every picture you have. Swag. Snapback swag. 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 Swag, 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 And the, I know, I know, I know. I used to be a victim of this. But I am, I stopped saying it. Post a picture on Instagram about, yeah, boy. And somebody else said you got swag. Swag, 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 Freak, 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 freak,
Town DJs, welcome to the show. What's up? How you doing, guys? Doing good, doing good. Yeah, living the frozen life here in Whistler. It's Same a, life here in Calgary. Sounds familiar. Well, yeah, well, we want to dive right into the show because we're really excited to have you and we want to thank you for your time in advance. But the big question that I think a lot of your fans want to know, and even I want to know, and I've known you guys for like, I think almost 10 years now, is 
how did small town DJs begin? Like was hi-fi the beginning of small town DJs or is there a separate beginning? Well, actually we started out um, pre-hi-fi. When we, we met in Calgary when uh, Mike got back from Korea in, in the late 90s and I had just got back from school in Ontario and we met up in Calgary and, and found out that we had a bunch of the same records. Uh, so we just ended up doing DJ nights together and Pretty soon after that, we started uh, a Thursday uh, night at the Night Gallery, which is like the legendary spot in Calgary, and that it, it did well right away, and we were we were off to the races. So we we did that for like five years before we opened up Hi-Fi. So there there was definitely um, a lot of late nights and a lot of uh, a lot of long DJ sets all on vinyl, um, you know, in in the years at the Night Gallery. So what was what was the point when you guys were like, "Fuck it, we should buy a nightclub"? Well, there were there there was also the fact that the the management and ownership at the at the place where we were playing, they were uh, like it was it was a bit of a crazy scene over there. It was the best club in Calgary for a lot of reasons, and it was just a crazy time over there. And they the 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 management was was partying and everybody was partying so we there wasn't a, a lot of uh, business going on over there so we kind of saw the uh the writing on the wall that things were were not going to last over the night gallery so we we talked about having a, a, a you know what we were going to do and so we we had a bunch of different ideas kicking around and then and then mike met the the uh owners of this place that you know and, and they were thinking about about uh, i guess selling it or, or, or shutting it down and we you know, so we were like, well, we can move our night to a different place, or we can try to get our, you know, scrounge up our cash and and, uh, and open up a bar on a shoestring, and and so that was that was what we did. If if you don't mind mind us asking, how big was that shoestring budget to open your club? Oh fuck, <laughs> it was tiny. Yeah, very I, I don't even remember, but it was like, um, it was less than you would ever imagine. I mean, yeah, I mean, it would, it would be impossible to, to do nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I I think it was it was uh, it was under a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I yeah. I think you're right. And, Which, the, and we we because we, we leased the sound system, we we leased a bunch of equipment. We so we didn't have a bunch of overhead there. We we just uh, you know we just threw up some paint. We painted we, it black. Yeah, and, we and we like enlisted all of our buddies and and you know gave them beers to help us put up drywall and. We basically just took on all the jobs ourselves, so we we just kept it as uh, as, as budget as possible. We, but we, you know we there paid was... our we paid our contractor in in, in weed. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I mean we pulled everyone together. I think we did. Yeah, yeah. That's a legal currency now too, so that's not even like a dark dark past. That's like just straight. That's that's PG. Yeah, we were yeah we True. were we were envisioning the, the the time when weed would become legal. But we <laughs> no um. It was definitely um, kind of like a like a team effort, and we we you know we we basically like used all of our um, all of our buddies and connections in the city to you know whether it was for the flooring or like the uh, the lighting or the sound, and, and we just you know kind of made it happen. And it was it you know it, it was really a uh, the fact that it was it, you know people came right right away and supported it right away was um like a testament to to the fact that we you know we had a good community already going in calgary and and you know they were 
that, that it ended up being the right move to, to open up high five. So the homies all came together and you, and you got a badass club in the process. Yeah, it was like a clubhouse for, for everybody involved. So we all, we all had a good time with it, yeah. So I got another fun fact that uh, probably not a lot of people know, but, but Mike, you taught English in Korea, right? Yes. Yeah. And so like that's, that's a cool story. And Mike's already told me it, but I want to know a, a different story. Pete, where were you when Mike was in Korea, bro? Well, I was going to uh, I was going to school in Ontario. I, I'm I'm a, actually a geologist uh, by trade, and I um, and so I was I was in school, and then I, when I got out of school, I worked um, I worked as a geologist for a couple of years before I quit my day job, and uh, so yeah, so I was I was taking a science degree, and it, it was I was pretty it was pretty boring. I mean, it was it was fun in school, and then when I got out, it was pretty boring. And so um, my nighttime job was was definitely taking up a lot of my uh, attention. And then, but the but back to he, he oh, was sorry. minoring in rave. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I did. I had a, I majored in geology and minored in um, in in raving out there. So, but it was it was. Uh, uh, but I was gonna. I was also gonna say the the best thing about Grimy having lived in Korea is when when we go um, we go to Korean restaurants because uh, he always surprises all the staff with, with his Korean, but he doesn't do it till the end of the meal. So it's like, um, so he, he can always like let us in on what's, you know, what's being said behind the scenes. And then he'll like bust out a bunch of Korean at the end and everybody has a good laugh and it's always, it's always good time. You know, the last time that I actually used that was, was, in, uh, was in the Adara at, up in Whistler. So one of the, uh, Somebody who was working the desk was speaking in Korean, and I, I just said goodbye in Korean. And uh, after like our full conversation in English, and she fell backwards against the wall over some luggage. And it was—it's it's interesting to see. Because, I mean, they wouldn't expect it. Like, there's not a lot of people who spend four years in Korea. And I, I had the—I uh, was lucky, you know. I got to go to the uh, Korean Language Institute while I was there, so I, I got to study the language pretty well. And it was a huge bonus. And that's, that's kind of what landed me the gigs, you know, like um, a lot of the Koreans, they, they really respect if you try to, to learn about their culture. So for me, um, getting my first DJ gig was, was kind of, you know, the, the guy saw that I was like, you know, interested and respectful and said, well, why don't you come down and play some records? So, yeah, I never expected it would be 20, 25 years later, I'd be talking to you guys about it. But here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, as a licensed educated geologist is mike that good at speaking english <laughs> at english or, or korean um he grimy's good at english grimy always he sells himself short when it comes to interviews and stuff like that it, it's like um he's always like oh pete you do the talking and then he'll he'll come in and, and drop all the all the knowledge jewels and all the gems and 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 everybody, you know, the interviewers are always like, "Well, why wasn't Grimy talking from the start?" Because he's the one who's always. So you so you trust your kids with Grimy teaching them English is is pretty much what you're saying. <laughs> I wouldn't trust I wouldn't trust my kids with him as an English teacher. But if I was um, <laughs> if Korean was my first language, I might. There you go. All right, <laughs> nice. Well, let's jump into the next question. Uh, is it true you guys were the first people to bring Diplo to Canada? It was definitely yep. the first to Calgary, but I, I think it was the first to Canada. Like we, we had uh, a record store back in the day called Giant Forty Five, 
and we would be we would get these uh, you know mixtapes and mixed discs uh, were really popular somewhere around let's say 2004 or so 2003 2003 and some of the some of the most popular mixes were these Holotronics mixes which was low budget and diplo and they had they had this club uh, club night called Holotronics yeah in Philly yeah, yeah. in Philly and that that the mix was just it totally hit home with us so we yeah we just kind of called the number on the mix yeah it was it was the <laughs> mashup era too yeah um so we we were we were pressing up mashup records of our own and uh, called high karate all-stars and then a shout out vinyl richie and matt the alien and check check but but so so we we were pressing those and they were always in the mashup section of record stores and 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 there was wasn't many other records in those uh in in the section so it was that was the era when we um, met up with the Fort Knox Five guys because they were doing the same thing, and and the Rub from Brooklyn, and then we, and then we hit up the uh, Diplo and Low Budget as well, and. Um, Whoa! So you guys were, were you guys were pressing your own vinyl? Like you were pressing yeah. your own vinyl, vinyl with your own like live mashups. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had we had a little record label that we we and we distributed it with um, with Groove out of Chicago. So we were in we were in shops all over the world. Um, at that time, with with our, our mashups, and uh, and we still get hit up by DJs that like uh, the, the the bought those and, and played them back in the day. Like um, uh, Noizu, when we met him, he was like, "Oh yeah, I, I remember you know when you guys were were doing that, and, and when you came to came to London back in the day." But um, but yeah, so so anyway, um, he uh, Diplo was had had done it was just coming out the record that he did on Ninja Tune. And so I mean, it was still pretty obscure, but we we booked him to play in in 2004. And coincidentally, he, that was right in between the Night Gallery and the Hi-Fi. So I remember we had to do that gig. Um, we booked it somewhere else. So we booked it at Broken City. Yeah, Broken City. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And it was like it was like 50 people. Literally, like the funny thing is, Diplo did that intro on, on the BBC show for our, our set, where he's like, "Oh, there was, you know, they the first people to book us book me in Canada." And there, you know, there was nobody at the show, but they they stuck with me. But that was true. There was literally like like 40 people at the show, and uh, everybody had had an awesome time, and he he killed it. But yeah. it was definitely um, there. There was definitely not quite the same buzz as there is for him now. <laughs> so even Diplo had to start at the bottom. That's that's good to know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's really good to know. And I actually saw a photo of. Pete, I saw a photo of you with your dad and Diplo. Did, did your dad have any idea who Diplo was, or did he think he was like the waiter? No, he no. My dad is pretty dialed in. He's like a um, he's a big music guy, and um, he so he follows us pretty closely, and 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 just what we have going on, and and he knows a lot of our DJ friends um, just just from from that, and he'll he'll kind of follow up and and get familiar with their music and stuff. So he's he's always been a big new music guy um and you know a lot of guys his a lot of guys his age will, will listen to you know the rolling stones or the beatles their whole lives but he's always his opinion is always that you know those guys were 18 years old when they were making that music uh you know so why why should i continue to listen to it when i could listen to new music made by youngsters and uh and you know it keeps i think it keeps him Keeps his brain firing and it keeps him feeling feeling young too. Yeah, he, he's a consummate digger. 
We like to think that Calgary inspired Diplo to go country. What's uh, what's your thoughts on that? It's tough to say what happened before. Like, uh, like that was, uh, I think, 2017 when Diplo came to Calgary and he was playing the the Calgary Stampede. And um, he had asked Pete, you know, if he wanted to go for dinner first or, or hit the Stampede grounds. And, and uh, Pete went over to pick him up at his hotel. And Pete, you know, always rocks his Stampede gear. He's got like a 10-gallon hat and a buckle and like all the all the fixings of a cowboy. He and, always looks good. Yeah. And um, he, so we got to Diplo's <laughs> hotel and Diplo saw what Pete was wearing. He said, hold up, I can't go out like this. So he sent his manager off <laughs> to Lamley's to buy him a couple of uh, outfits. And uh, I met up with them later, but Diplo was totally like head to toe dipped in the latest cowboy gear. And that's, that's the first time I've seen him like rocking that and he you know people loved it like he you know so i actually on that note only a couple hours later we were sitting in the uh bull shoots at the calgary stampede and diplo had passed me his phone and, and uh, we were doing a live instagram live uh video and you know he's got quite a few followers so it's it's, it's incredible to see how much like interaction happens within minutes of of him and, and you know him wearing the cowboy outfit i could just see people like rihanna and p, D p diddy and everyone just commenting saying you look so good and it just seemed like uh it was a hit right from the start there oh, wow. and he's also coming from from florida where there's like um like the backwoods of florida is pretty country so i feel like he i, I think he he posted a picture of himself when he was a youngster uh, and and he had a Alan Jackson poster or something so you know there's definitely a uh, a big country scene down in Florida so. so he's always been a little bit country so let's just say maybe he he, he was re re-inspired by yeah, the Tiger Stampede. I mean we're not taking credit for that <laughs> yeah. shit I mean he he's, yeah. he definitely ripped us off regardless well yeah, no. yeah I think like <laughs> no. when, he, when he gets when he gets a Grammy for riding the next old town road he should uh he should definitely be shouting you guys out in the in the thank you speech. well that's the, that's the that, other that's thing I feel like old town road was like the 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 impetus for everybody to go country that thing that song just once it came out it was like you either get on board or you're like left in the dust because nobody wanted to hear Ed Sheeran after that shit came out like, like it was <laughs> like good riddance. It, I mean, shit. It was like, it, I, I'm, I'm actually surprised. Well, I'm, I mean, there has been some more country pop, like rap type songs, come out since then. But I'm surprised that, that it hasn't even taken over more. Yeah, that that one's like the new. That's like the soldier boy of this generation. Yeah, and even more so. It's it's uh, ubiquitous. My kids, my kids love it. They're they're six and three. And they just like every day they're like, put on Old Town Road. <laughs> oh wow. It's crazy. Alright, well let's um let's keep going. Since we're talking about you booking Diplo, um I just wanted to know what was one booking at Hi-Fi that like couldn't have gone any worse? Like it was just you wanted the night to be over and it to never happen. You don't have to name the artist, but if you wanna like talk about the event and some of the things that went wrong. You know, that's a tough question because Really, I don't, we only seem to remember the moments where they things went really well. Like we were always, you know, it was always like we're throwing a house party. So, you know, at a house party, you're waiting. There's no one at the. There's no one there. People start to come in. It warms up a bit, and you're hoping it kind of reaches reaches like a maximum threshold of good times. And we were nervous. You're gonna say it was the case of the Monday show. So this is actually really, uh, really refreshing. You know for us what though? It, it's, no, you it's, guys are on fire. People love you out here. 
Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I mean, Case of the Mondays is probably our greatest show of all time at Hi-Fi. But, oh, but yeah. if, if we're talking about... I, I agree with Grimy. The thing is with the bad shows is you like... You almost blank them out of your mind as they're happening and then just move on to the next thing because you you can't you can't dwell on them and you can't really like you know you just kind of focus on 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 what's up next and try to make it a, a great show so so i mean um definitely the, the ones that stick out are, are the the best ones um which would be you know like kid cuddy played uh, uh, back in the day which was um pretty crazy calvin harris played one of his first uh dj sets outside like like after um after he stopped playing live uh and he and he went to just dj sets um he played one of the first ones in, in at hi-fi and it didn't go over that well because he was um because people wanted it live like people because he was that was when because his first album you know acceptable in the 80s and and he was singing it was he was kind of like a chromio of the uk and then when he came here, he just did a DJ set, and it it still went off. But there was a few people that were were a little disappointed that he wasn't playing live. Yeah, well, I don't know. That stuff happens. Well, we've got some some other questions here for you. Uh, we've been absolutely rinsing your EP with Roddick. What's uh, what's next for you guys, music wise? Actually, we have a couple tunes on the go that we're we're wrapping up at, at the moment. We're actually in the studio right now, having a, some final listens. Uh, one is with our buddy, and I know you're, he's your friend as well as uh, Rumpus. We have a tune with him. Not sure what we're going to do with that yet, but um, it came together really well. And then with Roddick, uh, we we decided to dip in again and do another track called Love Is Gone. And we had been holding on to this vocal for, for a couple of years, actually. And we've made quite a few versions, but uh, this one, I think, is, is the one. So we, we signed that to Night Bass, and that's, I think it's February, it's coming up. Uh, yeah, I think um, early early March. Early March, yeah. Yeah, so that that's Those exciting. Are our next, yeah. Two. yeah. And then we got a, We've also got a crazy secret collab coming out in, in 2020 that we're pretty excited about. But that'll that'll reveal itself. Um, more to come. More, right. more Watch to come. out, nice. Stay face. tuned. Yeah. Honestly, how do you guys do it all? Like you you're producing music, you're touring, you got clubs, you got a restaurant, and you have kids. Like, is there a secret? Like, is it is it Ritalin or coffee? Uh, you know, sometimes I think we're smart enough to divide and conquer. So that that helps a lot. But, you yeah, know, the uh, fact that there's two of us definitely helps. Yeah. Because we can, uh, you know, we can focus on, on different things that need to be taken care of. But um, also, we have a really good team uh, here, here in town that uh, work with us that, that take care of a lot of the details that when we're on the road and stuff. So, you know, it would be impossible without, um, you know, our squad holding it down here. It's, it's, it's like, uh, it, you know, it just kind of, it just kind of grew, grew organically. And so, you know, when you put it like that, 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 you know, we have, we definitely have a lot of stuff on the go, but it feels like it's just um, grown in kind of a simple way. Yeah, it's like second nature. It's just you're, what you're used to now. You're just used to killing it. So you just, you're well, we both, me and Duda, obviously love your shit. And we see the kids dancing at all your sets. Like, I, I actually heard someone the other day, like, talk about your Shambhala set and said, like, they're sh it was kind of gross. They're like, my socks were wet. And I was like, oh, man, I don't, don't want to hear that. That's good to but, hear. But the love, first of all, town's real. And we're, we're so happy you guys came on the show. We just want to say... 
Thanks very much. Yeah, well, well thank you guys for having us. You know, um, we've been wanting to do some stuff with you guys, and and uh, yeah, we, we dig the radio show. So, yeah. If anyone listening out there, 2020 could be the first small town Case the Mondays collab. I like it. I like it. We're we're uh, we're big Case the Mondays fans, so um, that'd be cool. Hell yeah! Oh, and actually, one last question: Are you guys gonna do a small town plaid that's available to everyone? Like, can I get one? Yeah, we got something in the works right now. We're we're just uh, we're working with um, with Kushnugs about uh, uh, trying trying to get some of those out for for the winter tour. Yeah, we just need to get them to make them affordable. So, uh, you know, that's that's the only thing that we're up against. But yeah, we're, we definitely want to do those. We might we might uh, we might talk to Monster Energy about that. Shout out Monster. Shout out uh, yeah, Mountain Magic. Out, shout out Monster. Yeah. Mountain Magic. Mountain Plaid Tour. Yeah, but but I think that we'll I think for Mountain Magic Tour we'll we'll have something on the go um, because we we got those we got some done for the summer and they. Like we're stoked about them, so hopefully those will be the ones that we were able to to print up. Well, we'll definitely be looking forward to seeing those ASAP. Thanks again for coming in, guys. That was Small Town DJs. If you're looking to catch them in Whistler, they are playing Wednesday, December 18th. Up next, we got a 30-minute mix, which I can guarantee is absolute fire. Thank you. 